but wanted to preface this with, uh, obviously, we all hint on our show that we bank all our episodes like six months in advance. So, you know, people that we're talking to, they could be dead by the time this is out. Uh, we've already had one casualty. The Chuck and Brad podcast is no longer with us, and it was promoted at the end of this episode. And I yeah. felt like it would be weird to have uh, my buddy Chuck on to promote a dead thing. So I thought uh, have him come on at the beginning to promote his new thing. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So uh, at the end of the episode, I'm too lazy to do any edits. So you're getting it up front. <laughs> so when you hear Chuck and Brad in your head in this episode, just pretend it says Fun Bearable. Yeah, so Brad and I have been doing a podcast called the Chuck and Brad Podcast for like 13 years, and recently we merged with our buddy Ray Harrington, who was doing a podcast called Ray Harrington Must Content, and um, the new podcast is called Fun Bearable. We thought it was the best move for everybody, and we thought it was a cool way to kind of start over with a new, I guess, like dedication to uh, quality, and, and I'm really happy where the Chuck and Brad Podcast was with quality. But if you look back 13 years prior, you know, we started at a very rocky place. There was no such thing as XML feeds at the time. You know, we were recording with two, two tin cans that, <laughs> that had strings that went to our recorder. So I was like, we were like, well, let's start over with Fun Bearable. So Fun Bearable is a new podcast, just launched last week. Um, we have episode uh, one and two up now, and episode three will be coming this Thursday. Um, Mark Norman, comedian from New York, great guy, good friend of mine, was on episode two. So we're cooking, we're we're out there, we're doing the new podcast, and uh, you know, it's it's almost like it's this 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 timing is like fortunate to help us push fun bearable. Yeah, it, it works out. You know that it's like within the first week that your episode is coming out. Uh, I definitely had that planned. I I foresaw the demise of uh, the Chuck and Brad podcast. I could see the writing on the wall. But these guys are hanging on by a thread. Yeah, it, they, they're coming to an end. Thirteen years. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, so I can personally tell the listeners of Reviewing History that I have seen two episodes be filmed. I helped out, and they were great. And I liked what I saw last week. So definitely check out Fun Bearable. I uh, appreciate. It. Yeah, Rupert was a key a key factor in. Uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm in New York. And Brad and Ray, my co-hosts, are in Rhode Island. And we're going to kind of go back and forth because I have a place there and a place here. And so we're going to record in both places. But they came up to New York and we did a bunch of uh, guest interviews or guest, I guess, guest appearances for Fun Bearable, including, like I said, Mark Norman, Joe List, Walton Getham from the Tell Him Steve Dave crew. And Rupert was instrumental in helping us capture all this stuff uh, with... A very fun episode with some video games coming up that was awesome. And then the actual episode with Walton Getham and this retro Marvel board game, uh, which I'm so psyched for. I can't wait to see how that comes out. I'm really curious. Because oh, on my yeah. end, like, you know, I'm holding a camera and just, like, trying to get everything. So when it's edited, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Hell yeah, buddy. Yeah, I, again, I appreciate it so much, uh, you getting involved, and uh, it means a lot to me. No problem. I'm happy to help, and... Uh, if you're listening to Reviewing History, definitely check out Fun Bearable. Hell yeah. All right. Well, enjoy the uh, episode of our show with Chuck, and uh, he'll be on some other time, and I hope to get Ray and Brad on at some point, too. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to come on Fun Bearable sometime. Oh, I would love it. All right. Well, oh, yeah. All right. Enjoy the episode, guys. Bye. <laughs> 
our conversation with Chuck. In this part, we're going to play some games and give our picks for the next movie. Part one, we released as a bonus to help Chuck promote his show. We did that at the end of July. Uh, check that out, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for checking us out. Bye. So, I mean, I have a couple of Rhode Island facts that are going to transfer us over to this. Okay. Rhode Island was the first in many sports, much like your sportsmen. Uh, they had the first ever outdoor polo match in the U.S., the first open golf tournament, and the first national lawn tennis championship. Did they have Rhode anything Island, that Rhode wasn't Island ritzy? Loves rich people games. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was one of the few states that never approved uh, prohibition. Pretty interesting. Oh, wow. I really respect that. First circus. Wait, wait. Hold on. How did they get around that? They didn't. It, it, they just voted against it. Oh, yeah. okay. They said they never approved the 18th Amendment banning the sale of alcohol. And that's because there were a ton of guineas there. <laughs> it <laughs> says, sure. yeah. Yeah. It was, it hey, this is cunning to our biz. Yeah. <laughs> Newport, Rhode Island uh, had the first circus and the first jazz fest in the country. That's interesting. The first jazz fest? Mm-hmm. In nineteen fifty four, Newport hosted America's first Harlem, jazz festival. I would have thought like Southern something. Right? Like, yeah. That's Yeah. Ready? Though most attribute the start of the Revolutionary War to the Boston Tea Party, nearly two years before that historic moment, Rhode Islanders burned down a British ship called the Gatsby, killing one of the warship's officers. The Gatsby? Yeah. I guess it wasn't so great, was it, guys? <laughs> USA! <laughs> Roger Williams, a revolutionary thinker and his ideas about the freedom of religion, was banned from Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is what you were talking about. Uh, They have the oldest church. Oldest church in the country? Yeah. It said... That seems... The the oldest Roman Catholic church. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. And so the thing I wanted to talk about, the the historical thing that I thought might be a little bit more legit than just coffee syrup, um, is kind of a precursor... To uh, what's it called? Oh man, what's it called? In the um, incest. No, usually we we hit That's incest, we hit incest all the time on the show, so <laughs> we had to do it at least once. <laughs> no, the um, uh, what's it called? That fucking place where they had the crazy nuclear explosion. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. It's a precursor to Chernobyl. It happened in Rhode Island. Really? Yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to pull it up. The internet is being slow. Not Let's Indian see. Point. Let me or see. Three Mile Island. Yeah, I thought that's, that was Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's Pennsylvania. I'm waiting for the internet to uh, to load this web page. Come on, man. So, while it's loading, yes. What what do you know about this? Just offhand, I didn't. I thought we were going to find out about it together. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> well, nuclear power. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the is it the uh, the thing that will save the world, or is it more trouble than it's worth? I know that someone died in this explosion, and it was an accident. If this this was a, a nuclear thing, it was the first. Nuclear, it's, I think it's, let me see, let me see if I can pull it up my phone. I don't know why it's not loading right now, sorry. No, it's okay. Rhode Island's got a lot of firsts. I know. Yeah, Rhode Island. I didn't know that. Well, you know what happens? Here's one of the things I realized as I was, like, traveling over the past, like, several years. When you're in the northeast part of the country, there's so much more history than the rest of the country. It's older. Because it's older. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's, it's, like, so simple. It's, like, mm-hmm. the original colonies have so much more history than fucking Texas or right. Idaho. I mean, it oh, only yeah. makes sense. Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Yeah. What, what Virginia, I, all those places started in the 1600s. What I like to do is I go to Alaska, and I'm like, you guys got no history, and I just start yelling at the Inuits. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that Northeast, baby. Yeah. Northeast. All right, we should say written history. Oh, uh, yeah. Who are you, me? Are you ready for this? Before Three Mile Island, before Chernobyl, Wood River Junction in Charlestown, Rhode Island, had the first civilian nuclear accident resulting in the death of an employee in 1964. 
So they just had one Frank Grimes motherfucker there. (laughs) (laughs) It says, the accident happened on July 24th of that year at the semi-secret United Nuclear Corporation. The victim was a 37-year-old Robert Peabody, a production technician working a second job to help support his wife Anna. And oh my God! His, his wife Nana, Anna and nine children. This is <laughs> oh my God! This guy has the shittiest luck on the planet. He's the one employee. United Nuclear Corporation. And he's re- tired as fuck. Yeah, you know, a part of him was like, "Thank fucking God." <laughs> Do you think he just got the second job to not be with the nine children? Yes. <laughs> Uh, United Nuclear Corporation recovered usable uranium from previously used uranium, such as control rods from nuclear reactors. The process involved purifying the That's scrap. That's what Steve calls his dick, his control rod. <laughs> the process involved purifying... Yeah. <laughs> That's what he uses on that big stuff. It's not a joke when it's fact. The, the process involved purifying the scrap through a series of chemical treatments to extract the usable re- uranium. Peabody, as usual, worked the second shift at the Wood River Junction nuclear facility. That enabled him to work his day job as a mechanic. On that evening, he was to add a chemical to the vat, which he did. <laughs> However, he used the wrong chemical, oh, which instantly started Peabody. which instantly started a uranium chain reaction and an explosion. That's a historic fuck-up, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like, you caused a nuclear re- reactor. That guy's so happy the Russians did what they did just to get all the heat off him. <laughs> You know, the blast threw him to the floor and splashed radioactive liquid off the 12 foot ceiling and all over him. So first of all, <laughs> I've been splashed with cancer. Why didn't he? Why didn't he become a superhero? That's yeah, what I yeah. want. To know. At least Toxic Avenger, right? <laughs> the accident set off all the emergency sirens. They screamed throughout the building. Radiation leak, uh, a bad one. What? Um, Peabody got himself up and started running to the company emergency shack 450 feet away. He tore all of his clothing off along the way, but he didn't make it. <laughs> he collapsed to the ground, vomiting, with blood running out of his oh, nose and ears. Oh, uh, the accident fast. exposed Peabody to more radiation than anyone had since Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Wow. Oh my Two God. days later, he passed away from radiation poisoning. It's shocking he made it that long. Yeah. It's shocking he actually was able to get any clothes off. Yeah, right? That's what you're supposed to do, but that's... Right. Yeah. Oof. Wow. You know... You don't like to say someone deserved it, but you're dealing with nuclear waste. You can't read the fucking label. How about this? Ready for this? They sent him to pro- uh, second shift. They sent him to Rhode Island Hospital in Providence, almost 45 miles away, 45 miles away. Ready for this? To compound the unfolding tragedy, Robert Peabody's wife caught up with him. Oh, no. uh, she briefly held his hand. Oh no! He was so radioactive that she contracted lymphoma. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was about to say that's she what happened to people in Chernobyl too. That's so crazy. Because his body was so radioactive, it wasn't safe to bury it. Holy shit. The bishop of the Diocese of Providence was petitioned for permission to cremate him. I was I was I thought I really was hoping you were gonna say they shot it into space. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. I know what a lot of the, the dead guys in, in Chernobyl, they encased them in concrete. The really? Bodies, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh but even that, if the concrete breaks, it's still bad. It does it, this 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 does have a happy ending. United Nuclear <laughs> made a small cash settlement of $22,000 to his family, which left them destitute. Righteous bucks. <laughs> which left them destitute? Which left them destitute. Oh, good. That, that makes me happy. <laughs> Wait, twenty two grand killed the company? <laughs> no, I think it meant the family. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It left family the family destitute. destitute. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they lost both their parents and there's nine kids. Here, yeah, here's $22,000, $22,000, $22, that means, what, two and a half per kid, basically. <laughs> what oh what year is God. this? Nineteen fifty four. Oh, that's plenty. Or it's 60, like, that's like sixty thousand bucks. You're fine. <laughs> oh my god, that's brutal. Yeah. That is that, that's, that's so rough. Brutal. You know, 
he fucked up. <laughs> At some point, the, the employees need to respect, up? need to accept responsibility. You are a man for compassion. I know that. I'm a, <laughs> I am a humanitarian. Like, I would give the guy aid. Like, I would donate money to, like, a GoFundMe oh, to I help him. Oh, I thought you were saying AIDS. I would I mean, give the guy AIDS. He's already got radiation. I mean, he's a humanitarian. Let, let's give him AIDS. Brian has a gift. <laughs> Dr. Rupert's just injecting him. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing I know that? how to help him. Yeah. He is a bug chaser. I've always wanted to give someone AIDS. Can we just do it? It's been, it's been a dr- long dream of mine. Um, it's just a misconception of his for years. Wow, Chuck, you, you, brought, some, aid. you brought some good stories. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I was going to say, what was I going to say just now? Fuck, I lost it. Was it about AIDS or cancer? It, it was about AIDS. It was, was it about me being for big things corporations? Things I was going to say, have you guys seen the movie Knives Out? Love it. I, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you gotta, you'll you like that. You, you will watch, like it. I got to watch a lot of movies. Have you seen Knives Out? Oh, it's incredible. It's made, it's made past 2000. <laughs> There's no way he saw it. <laughs> but it, it's the movie, and, and this is not a spoiler because it's, it's revealed immediately in the movie, uh, revolves around two different bottles that look very similar and someone being injected something from the wrong bottle. Uh-huh. So that's kind of like a very similar thing. Where yeah. You probably thought that the bottles were similar or whatever. He's like, I'm supposed oh, to yeah. put this in, you know, and he After just poured the wrong thing. After a long shift and, and probably being up all night feeding nine children. Imagine that you're working with a with a chemical where it's like you have to add this other chemical to this chemical every day or whatever. Or if you add the wrong one, it might explode and kill you and your wife if she even sees you after that. That's a triple check well, situation. Because, yeah. But also, because you're working at a nuclear facility, and I'm not saying I know this from personal experience, but kind what, of. What, you don't work in a nuclear We've facility? all seen uh, The Simpsons. No, yeah. I, so one of my other jobs... I was a software engineer for a specific company. Yeah. That their client was. They created the uranium that goes to Iran. Their client was a nuclear (laughs) facility. And the programmer there, who I had to work with, is not allowed in the facility anymore because he had too much radiation that if he walks into the facility again, he will die. He hit the point, like the barrier, where if you, like, if he just gets a little more, he's dead. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of know going into that situation that you're in a dangerous environment. Yeah. And on top of that, you have certain responsibilities, especially if you're like the one person on, that if something goes wrong, you know you're the one going in there and you're, to fix it. And you're going to die. Otherwise, a lot more people are going to die. So look at what was the, the eight or the nine from Japan mm-hmm. when that reactor had a meltdown. Fukushima. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When that had a re- reactor meltdown, the people who had to go in, they didn't come out. They went in. No, they went in knowing they were going to knowing die. Knowing they were going to die. It's well, like Spock. When they're he heroes. Died. They are legit heroes and should be everyone should know their names and nobody probably does Chip, but this but this guy that did this thing though do you think that they had that much information 60 years ago uh yeah. probably not oh yeah, yeah no yeah yeah i understand that but the only um, you need a guy nu- like this to fuck up first right the only nuclear experience anyone had was, no, he was knew. hiroshima no he knew and nagasaki they knew. do you know how they, how you know they knew he took his clothes off yeah, well, he knew that his clothes, if they got radiated you have to take them off that's based on the really? oh if a nuclear explosion happens yeah and you're close enough, it, within the radiation, you have to take your clothes off. Chuck, next time you're in a bar, there's a bomb going off. Just take it off. Go to the girls next to you. Because you're, you're close. immune to yeah. judo, guys. Yeah. yeah. Your, your clothes will uh, have radiation on it. It's bad. That was good. Yeah, that was good. That was a good, good callback. Yeah, it's uh, Great callback. Yeah. Wow, that's good. 
Good brain. Yeah. yeah. So, cancer and radiation. What a laugh, right, guys? <laughs> so, were those good topics to bring to the table? Perfect. Great. Yeah, I'd love like to yeah. follow it up with some child They're sacrifice. They're very random. If you don't mind. Child sacrifice? <laughs> yes, Wait, is please. That, is that what you brought to the table? Uh, it's part part of it, yeah. Oh. Wow. All right. I have a lighthearted thing. So, if you want to go into the, the sacrifice. Sure. We'll yeah. end with lighthearted. We'll end lighthearted just because this is going to be... Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be comical. Actually, I'm uh, worried mine's not going to be as fun. I, I want to talk about, uh, I'm. you guys had, you know, modern fun things. Yeah. I'm going a little further back. Okay. Uh, sixth century BC. Okay. Uh, oh, I want to talk about Hanno the Navigator. and Great more, name. Kind of more specifically how we know about him. I All right. I found this to be an interesting story. So, Hanno the Navigator is the first guy from the Mediterranean to travel south down the African coast by sailing west, not east. So there was a guy from Egypt who had sailed, you know, south from Egypt, from Egyptian's land, and gone down on the east side of the uh, continent. But on the west side, there was a Carthaginian named Hanno the Navigator. And we know about this because in the year 142 BC, roughly 350 years after he made his journey, mm-hmm. the Romans conquered Carthage. Okay. And what was going on, if you can imagine, you know, it's the final. Was Vigo chapter. from there? Vigo Mortensen? No, Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. He's the Carpathian. <laughs> He's a Carpathian. Okay. Yeah, okay. That was, that was good. That was good. Okay. Sorry. We'll um, if you can imagine the final chapter of the three Punic Wars, you know, the Romans really fucking hate the Carthaginians. Yeah. They've broken down the gates. The, pe- the Romans are inside. People are. They're dying. in Africa. Yes. They're in, they're in the city. Where, what would, what like, Country would that be today? Modern day Tunisia. Okay. Tunis. Oh, so they're at the very top. Yes. Okay. North Africa. North Africa. So Carthage was a city of 350,000 people. And it is said in the writings about this that uh, every two meters was a dead body. You know, in From the, the Romans? No, from the Carthaginians. They're just killing oh, everyone. Just, okay. Killing. You know, the Carthaginians are hiding in their homes with knives and pots and pans trying to just live. But the Carthaginians were known to worship this god called Baal Hamun and Baal? his wife Tanit. Baal, yes. Okay. And in their temple in the center of the city, a Greek auxiliary, we, th- we are pretty sure he was Greek, so they worshiped this god. And in this temple, in this god's temple in the center of the city, a Roman mercenary, like he must have spoke Greek okay. and Phoenician. We know he must have been bilingual. That is all we know about this guy. He so he liked temple. men and women. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. Clear. <laughs> You're obviously telling this story for Pride Month. June, I'm waving the flag. Yeah. Um, August. <laughs> August, yeah. Sorry, fuck. So he goes in the temple. And in this temple, they had two types of sacrifices, non-blood and blood. So you have like things like beads and gold and rings and diamonds and all that stuff is up on the wall. And blood sacrifices, which could be animals or bugs or children. So they would, he would, imagine the city's about to fall. The people of Carthage would rather their babies fall into the hands of the god yeah. than the Romans. You want to deliver them to so Baal. So there's literally thousands of dead babies in this temple. So uh, you can imagine this guy's horrified. Alice Cooper loved it when he time traveled and came up with the idea for the song. Yes, yeah, dead he, babies. He traveled there. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, Alice Cooper, yep. <laughs> but out of all that carnage, what got this guy more excited or more Erect. interested was three on the wall in a place of prominence where he could see them. 
three skins that were 350 years old. We know now. He didn't know that. But they looked human, but they were covered in hair, and he had no clue what they were. And underneath these skins was a pillar. And it's written in the Carthaginian language, which was like their brand of Phoenician. So wait, so it's like exceptionally hairy human skin up there. Is it like stretched out? It's basically like if you were a coat. Yes. (laughs) Is it like stretched out Yeah, it's like Like a carpet. Like imagine 350-year-old leather. Buffalo Bill. Okay. Right. All right. Um, And there's three of them up there. So he wrote down, he sat down in this temple and wrote everything that was, he translated it. So that's how we know he was bilingual. He translated from Phoenician into Greek and brought it back to Rome. Somehow, this manuscript fell into the hands of Pliny the Elder, who is a Roman historian, and that is the only reason we know this ever fucking happened. Because when the Romans were done with Carthage, they demolished every stone of it. Ripped the whole city down, burned everything, sowed the fields with salt so that nothing would grow there ever again. It is completely gone. So hold on. If you, like, take over, like, a crop, right? So if we went to a farmer, we wanted to fuck with a farmer... And we just burnt down his like cornfield, and we pour salt on it. It would never grow again. If you do it enough, yeah, salt will not allow the it crops takes moisture, to grow. So I'm not a farmer, but yeah, well, it, it sucks I the moisture out of the earth, and right, it makes without the, moisture, makes the, the minerals are gone. Yeah, so so what it said on this manuscript is that this guy Hanno, 350 years before this happened, took 60 ships filled with 5,000 people and sailed them west past the Straits of Gibraltar and founded multiple cities along the African coast. And as he sailed further south, he went further than anyone had gone before at that point. And he started to run into black people, which they were not very familiar with. The The Carthaginians aren't black? No, the Carthaginians are Phoenician colonists. They're kind of like from Israel. Greek, Greekish, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Okay. And they brought some of the locals with them on their journey to, to help them translate as they went further and further south. And eventually, they got to this, they like saw a volcano, they built uh, like a temple to the sea god, which the remains okay. have actually been found, oh, thus cool. corroborating this story. So mm-hmm. it's actually been proven by archaeologists that this happened. They got to this island where, in Hanno's words, they found a tribe of men who were covered in hair and they had rocks thrown at them and they did battle with them and they managed to capture three with them, killed them, and skinned them alive. The locals called them gorillas. So it is the first time gorillas were ever brought back and like European, not European, but Mediterranean people ever contacted or knew anything about apes. Wow. Oh, so so it wasn't wow. human skin. It no. was it was apes. It was they thought it was human skin when yeah. they when they met them. They thought they were like. I thought they were like gods. <laughs> it was bad gorillas. Yes, Amy. <laughs> Amy. Yes, <laughs> ugly gorillas. I wonder. So what? This was what year? It, we're talking the sick the second half of the sixth century BC. So like the seven hundreds. Wow. We're talking almost three thousand so, years ago. Let's think. I, I'm trying to. I wonder because you know, like you have a lot of mythology, like minotaurs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I wonder if that kind of stemmed from there. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Like the minotaur kind of idea. Right. Oh, Might have come from, and this, or, or at least some form of the mythology. This made sure. a. This was a big deal back in Rome because it was like nothing they had ever seen before. Of course, it's a monster. I right. have a question that you might not have the answer to. So between them finding these beings and mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, these are hairy humans." And being and then like discovering, oh no, this is actually just like a different species. It's mm-hmm. gorillas, whatever. How much time passed? I mean, those people. Well, like I said, these these things were on the temple, right? So 
as far as those people ever knew, they never were a race of human beings. Right. Right. And the the word gorilla came from some of these African tribes right. that they had encountered down there. Right. So you know, it means he who throws we, feces. We, with retrospective, can infer that they were most likely some kind of ape. Right. Yeah. You know, whether they're gorillas or orangutans or something like that, I don't know. The right. first person running into a gorilla. Like, assuming you're alone, you probably didn't survive, but if it's, like, a pair and you see your partner just getting ripped to shreds by a big monster, Mm -hmm. like, you have to think that's from the gods. You have to. Yeah. Like, that is terrifying. Well, you could also prank your buddies. You go, bang on your chest, watch, they love it. (laughs) (laughs) And your friend starts banging on his chest and then gorillas. (laughs) It's interesting, though, when you think about, like, living back at this, like, older time period where, like, people were still discovering things Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of sharing of information because you couldn't i wonder how much of you was like oh yeah a new thing like a new like could you could you see like a fox and be like i think oh that's a new thing it's very easy to understand how mythology came about yeah when you think about just how people's lives like we have art and and tv shows and movies that can show us the rest of the world the outside world of these people is completely unknown if it's not in your local area yeah fucking no clue what it is yeah you never know if there's something past your local area right what's funny (laughs) think about if you're like living in like massachusetts like so long ago Mm -hmm. and for some reason you go to you find like uh, an armadillo when you travel south for some reason for the first time (laughs) yeah that's exciting like this rat is sick i've only seen this on elp That that was good. So Hanno, Hanno, man. Yeah. All right, dead babies. <laughs> That's wild. All right. Damn. So what do you got, Steve? So, I brought something. Now usually I do people, and it involves incest. I kind of went away from that this time. Aww. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm bringing the Great War of 1932, which not I don't many know. people know about. See, I hear Great War, and I think World War One. You think so? But this is right after World War One. This is a better war. This is the this is the war. Okay. <laughs> this war takes place in Australia. It is also called the Great Emu War. Yes. Emu. Emu War. The wow, bird. I like it. The bird. Fallout yeah. Boy was there. My Chemical Romance. All the boys. <laughs> all the boys. Now, That's the Emu War. Going to give you a little background because this is uh, one of the more interesting stories I've come across in a long time, and it's actually <laughs> very popular right now. So right after World War One, there was about five thousand veterans that came home. And they were granted land by their government, the Australian government. Because they were granted so much land, they had to spread west. And they further had to past where they had settled Further before. past, yep. But due to the Depression in 1929, I believe the Depression was, 1929. Yeah. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Australia have like a population of like no more than 3 million people or something like the, that? At, at this point, point, it was low. Yeah. It was low. <laughs> but because they s- expanded so far... They created a lot more farmland. Mm -hmm. And the government was like, the depression's happening. We need you to grow some wheat. And they're like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing now. We're going to grow wheat. They're going to get some some nice subsidies. And that's what they're going to do now. So because the pricing was so difficult, there was a strain. (laughs) To add to the difficulties, 20,000 emus migrated to the fields. (laughs) 20,000. Which you think is not that much. No, the farm- it sounds like a lot. Oh, it farmers like a lot are me. growing stuff. The farmers now. are growing so much. So there's much. a new Ford source, food source for them. Giant food source, giant amounts of water pouring into the area because they, they're they irrigating. Have to, they have to irrigate. So now these birds come in and are like, this is great. This was crap before. <laughs> 20,000 of them. Now, an emu, if you don't know, they're massive. 
Yeah. They're about four to six feet tall. I'm scared of birds, by the way. It's <laughs> one of my few phobias, that and heights. So now they're like terrifying beings to me. They're slightly smaller than like the ostrich, right? They're like slightly smaller, but I think some of them can become around the same size. Mm-hmm. Like the really big ones, and it actually comes up later on because yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little crazy. <laughs> so they're eating these crops. They're op- because they're eating the crops, it's also opening the gated areas because they're opening up sections of the gates, and now other critters are getting in, and they're losing a ton, especially at a time when they can't afford to lose it. They need food. Mm-hmm. The depression is happening. Like they, they need to farm. So they turn to the Minister of Defense, George Pierce, these veterans, and say, you got to help us. Now, George Pierce. He's a military man. Not a World military man. Not a military man. Okay. He was a cabinet minister. For the Nationalist Labor Party. Nationalist Labor Party. Okay. This guy served as a senator for 37 years and 24 years in cabinet. Those are both records. Wow. So this guy's... He's loved. He's he's loved. He's savvy. He's worshipped. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you got to help us. So, he's like our Mitch McConnell. <laughs> if, if, yeah, I had well. to, <laughs> if I had to say who he was like, he's like Reagan. Uh-huh. Okay. He's like that level of popular at this point. All He's right. like beloved all over Australia. At least from what I read. I'm, I Don't quote me if you're from Australia. But Good he eye. agreed, and he's like, all right, I'm going to help you out. I heard uh, in World War One, machine guns were working really great. I'm going to give you some of those. <laughs> shoot <laughs> so these, the emus. These veterans, yeah, we're going to shoot the emus. They're, they're just birds. You just take a machine gun, gun them down. They're big. You'll I know. <laughs> well, shoot us an emu. There were some... Uh, <laughs> some caveats with this so it can only be military personnel using it and the farmers actually had to provide food housing and ammunition for the guys sent to kill the emus. for the guys so the government will say hey here's some ammunition but you got to buy some more for them you know because you can we're all together in this so Do they still sing songs of the great emu hunt <laughs> you would be surprised <laughs> i don't think they do from this now Pierce thought that they would make a good target practice for his soldiers, mm-hmm. and he was dead wrong. Why? So that was the background. I'm going to get to the war now. <laughs> the Great Emu War. That's, that's the lead-up. 1932. <laughs> this was la- led by Major Meredith. The name is like JWB or something. Okay. Like that. He was the seventh heavy battery Royal Artillery. So this guy is legit. Mm-hmm. He's seen war. He's been in it before. He knows how to handle it. From the shores of Gallipoli to the emu. And now, here comes the timeline <laughs> of what happens. The second of November, they deploy at Campion. I might be, it might be Champion, but I'm not sure about the pronunciation of this. It's C A M P I O N. So you say how it is. It's the West Coast. They deploy there, and they spot 50 emus, and like this is perfect. We're gonna get them, but the birds are slightly out of range. So the locals decide, don't worry, we'll herd them. As they go to herd, you assume they move in herds. They do move in herds. Jurassic Park was wrong. The <laughs> birds split up completely and run in different directions. <laughs> now, you're a machine gunner. You can only point straight. It's really hard to turn those. They're really heavy. They don't kill a single one. <laughs> they can't hit a single emu. As they're spreading out, they're chasing With rapid them. fire. They're chasing them. They're moving the guns. Out of the 50, they kill about 12. <laughs> at, at, by the end of the day. That's not going to put much That's of a, a dent in. Oh, no. don't worry. It gets it gets better. Fourth of November, they got to change their strategy. Meredith is like, we got to do an ambush. We got to ambush these things because they're smart. They spot 1,000 emus, a herd. Okay. They're like, we got them. And they're <laughs> heading right to their position. 
where they set up the ambush. Perfect. <laughs> they go to shoot. The machine gun jams. Oh. oh. The birds see this and run. There's not a single sighting for the rest of the day. This is like, so you watch Jurassic Park and you're like, how could the humans not just kill all the dinosaurs? Oh, it gets better. We can't even take out fucking emus. <laughs> it gets in better. In thousands. By day four, the birds change their, their habits. So what? instead of traveling in herds of thousands, each pack now had the tallest leader so how, you, how I said four to six feet, the birds would find the tallest one and it would keep a lookout while the others grazed in the wheat field because they realized they were being hunted. Wow. I'm not kidding. This happened. So now... It's like the happening rules now. You got to get in smaller groups. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. So now <laughs> Meredith is like, okay, screw this. Mount the machine gun on a car. Okay, we're now we're talking. We're talking. Turns out machine guns at this time are not very accurate on cars. And it also turns out that they've been grazing the fields so much, the fields became really rough, and they can't drive past them. So they'll dr they'll start driving in like Flight of the Valkyries, and the car just it gets just stuck. stuck. Oh, no. This is a disaster. <laughs> what year was this again? 1932. All right, so the cars aren't great. Yeah. Cars aren't great. It was then that the Australians came up with the long plan. They had zero well, pathfinders. Yeah, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to release a bunch of shit into the air. We're going to cause global warming. We'll kill everything, yeah, including yeah. these damn emus. This gets, this gets insane. 8th of November. Mind you, this has been six days. Mm -hmm. They're now at war with birds and for six days. they've gotten yeah. a grand total of 12. They've gotten, like, barely anything at this point. In fact... Uh, the bird casualties by now, and remember, they're going out every day for just constant. They're constantly hunting these things. Does the car still work, or did they break it? The cars are working, but not well, because the bird casualties are between 200 and 500. Oh, they got some. Six days in. But they use 2,500 rounds. Oh, no. <laughs> and the people have to pay for it. Yeah, The right. people have to pay for it. This is tax dollars <laughs> going at, at best. So this uh, I can, ornithologist, I believe, is the or, or Ornithologist. Ornithologist. Yeah. Dominic Serenity. Or Serenity. Serenity now. States this. <laughs> the Emu Command had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, making the military equipment useless. This was a real quote. <laughs> November 8th, this exact day where they find out they had to use 2,500 2, rounds to kill 200 to 500 birds, they now have to withdraw the royal forces. <laughs> the Emus beat them? That was the first attempt at the Emu attack. There's more? There's one more attempt. There's a second attempt. Because the emu attacks on the fields continue after that because they realize nobody's hunting us anymore. Now we're going to go back in. Right. Now they're messing them up even worse than before. The veterans call for the government again to come back. The 12th of November, the minister appears, decides to resume the military efforts. The thing is, Meredith already failed, but now he's got to go back in. Mm -hmm. So they get the guy who's failed, like Meredith... You got to come in here because we have no experienced gunners that could do this. So he's like, fuck, here we go. It was already embarrassing losing one battle. Imagine having to go back to fight birds, birds again. again. <laughs> you know you're just getting your balls busted at the bar. I matter? might. You can't kill on a bird. <laughs> so November 12th, he gets resume battle. Go get them. Okay. November 13th, 40 emus killed. Total. This is not in enough. In two days. This is not enough. Yeah. They, br they are breeding like crazy. There's like 50,000 at this point. And they're just like basically having an orgy in front of them. Yeah. To show that they <laughs> yes, them. yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You'll do fucking nothing. I think you got to play the long game. Attack the nests, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You got to go after doing. the eggs. They start, they start uh, getting rules. The little, <laughs> they start playing the gorilla tactics. They start learning what they're doing. So by no 
November, uh, excuse me, December 2nd, 100 emus are dying per week. But there's a problem. The tide is turning. <laughs> the the tide was turning. Another week passes. They're doing great. December 10th, Meredith states that 986 emus have been killed. They're on track. Mm -hmm. The problem is they used 9,860 machine gun rounds. Oh, <laughs> Ten bullets per emu to take it down. One bullet doesn't take down an emu? Dude, they're massive. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're missing. Yeah, you're, you're also missing, missing because you're yeah. shaking and yeah. they're scattering. And it's really hard to move I those machine guns. a rifle guns. would be better, right? Yeah. Because they found out that it was $10 per round. Meredith is look, recalled look, due look, to the look, cost look. of taxpayers. Let's, let's, let's be real. These are Australians. These aren't Americans. <laughs> if we wanted them fucking dead, there wouldn't be an emu around today. <laughs> the military command in Australia said that if emus were actually put into battle, they can beat any army on Earth. <laughs> From this. I'm not kidding. The aftermath. That's hilarious. They had to reinstate an emu bounty in 1934 to the civilians to say, you're now allowed, the civilians are now allowed to kill them. Go ahead. Like a lantern flock. Mm -hmm. They killed 57,000 emus. <laughs> that see, Just killed by civilians. All you got to do is privatize it. <laughs> Lesson, government sucks. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. John Cleese and Rob Schneider are making a movie about this. I was just about to say this should be a movie. It, they're making a movie. It's actually due to come out this year. I don't know if it will because of COVID. That's a weird I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm, I would love to see this because apparently it's going to be a musical as well. I want Rob Schneider to play the emu. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that, uh, yeah. that might be one of like the best war stories I've ever heard because the Australian government lost. You actually look up online and it says like yeah. the amount of people who were in it and who won. It's like the Australian government had to bail out. <laughs> so emus are still around, right? They're not. Oh, yeah. Are they they're endangered? Protected they're protected. Yeah, they're, oh, they're protected. Well, they're okay. controlled. They're controlled okay. because they, they really have emu they farms mess up. And stuff. Yeah. They mess up crops pretty uh, pretty easily. That was clearly. that was a good story. Yeah, lighthearted, right? Yeah. So I have two things to take us out with. The first one is a game where Chuck is gonna be the judge. Okay. All what right. does that mean oh, to no. play us in? Yeah. So you each are getting a deck of uh, cards, kind of. Cards? Feel free to look at them, and I will explain. So can I explain what oh, I'm looking at? Or yeah. this is... It's more of a guide. It's not <laughs> something you need to memorize. It's three strips of paper. Okay. And... Mm -hmm. So this game is called Monster Fight. In this game, contestants will be given a deck of three historical figures. How they play the cards and when is up to them. The contestants must convince a judge or judges mm. that their figure is history's greatest monster. Oh, my God. The winner <laughs> is determined based on strength of argument, passion, and attacking the opponent's figure. Hitler is not a playable character in this game because he would be an unfair card. So, you each, all your cards are equal. I know you're thinking, you're looking at your dud character, and you're thinking that they each have a dud, by the way. They have a character okay. that most people, okay. or a historical figure that most people would say is kind, or a good person. <laughs> but you may end up putting them up against, you know, for argument's sake, a Hitler. You know, and then you will have to argue that your saintly figure is a worse person than Hitler. Saintly. Yeah. Chuck <laughs> is the judge. Woo. So... Gentlemen, throw down your first cards. Wait, so we have to we have to use all three. You will use all three. It's three rounds. It's best of three. Oh, so this is like Pokemon so, almost. Hold on. So yeah. we're gonna try and convince him we're the most evil. That you have the most evil person. And we're not gonna say who it is. Uh, no, you're gonna throw it down and we're gonna see. But you're not you don't know who you're playing when. So you're gonna put yours face down. So you'll see it's like one A, two A, three A. So you put whoever you want to play down first. 
and uh, Steve will okay. put his down. So I want to play this first. Okay, so I want to play this. Well, you can pick when. You don't have this to. This second and this third. Okay. Yeah, so, so I have, all right, so I have put one. the one you're playing first, Steve. Okay. Face in down. In front of me? Uh, you could pass it to Chuck if you want, and he could read it, and then you can pass it back. Okay. Uh, Ant, who are you playing? Pass it to Chuck. All right. All right, so what is our first is matchup, he, is Chuck? look at them? Uh, I'm going to read them. Okay. Yeah, and then you can pass them back. This one is Mao Zedong. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Steve is playing Mao. I played Mao. You could pass that to Steve if you want. You yeah, don't have to read yeah. the details. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm playing yeah. Mao. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anthony is playing... Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is history's greatest yeah. monster? All right. So, uh, Anthony, I will let you go first. Argue why Gandhi is worse than uh, Mao Zedong. <laughs> go. <laughs> well, as we all know, Gandhi is a warrior. He killed dozens of Boers in the Boer War. He... Are these all facts that are on the piece of paper? There's, no. there's that a is little. Not on the paper. There's there a little. Are, there's right, tidbits th- on. There's the paper. a little bio about them. Yeah. yeah. Saying like things they've done, and you know, I tried to help them out with uh, the saintly figures. I, I will say this: <laughs> uh, people tend to say that it is hard to be hateful or racist when you are close to the thing. For instance, if you. Like, if someone hated a group of people, and then you sent them to live with those people, eventually they're going to warm up to them. Now, Gandhi went to Africa, okay, Mm. in the Boer War. He met tons of black people, lived among them for years at a time, still hates their guts. You know, he's a racist. He's an evil man. Is that true? Yes. Yep. Really? (laughs) Wow, so he's racist. Uh, He hates Boers. He's a rabble rouser. Well, okay. Uh, He is... Looking to bring down the system, a revolutionary, some would say. I'm going to pause you there and let uh, Steve attack. (laughs) Mao is accredited for killing 40 to 70 million people. (laughs) (laughs) Through forced labor, executions, and starvation. But Ah. did he really hate them, or was that just, you know, what had to be done? (laughs) I mean, if you're going to have a great leap forward, then you got to make that great leap forward. You know? 70 million people. Right. And you, when you pull off a Band-Aid, it has to be done fast and hard. Women, and look at Gandhi. Children. He's whining elderly. and whining and starving himself. He's a real pain in the ass. Did he ever kill a single human being? Yes, boars. <laughs> single human being? Yes. Okay, I'm going to call this round. Chuck, who will you give this uh, round to? Remember, the winner is determined based on, based on strength of argument, passion, and attacking the opponent's figure. And one on passion. I'll give him that. But Well, it's up to Chuck to determine. I will say this, though. My grandmother was a boar. <laughs> I mean, I gotta, I, I, I mean, it, this is a tough one, but you got to go it's with... Ba- Mao Zedong is the worst just, monster. Even based on the, the arguments and the passion, not, not, not. Well, I'll say this. I'll take that W right there. Anthony spoke loudly, but what he said didn't make a lot of sense. You said he k- killed the 70 million. He said when you pull off a Band-Aid, you got to do it hard and fast. Has nothing to do with how many people. I think maybe a lesser man than myself might have been tricked by your passion. 
but not I. Okay, so so big mouth one. So round one to Steve. All right. Yeah. All right. This is my round two pick. All right. You're not playing, Brian. I'm the host. He's hosting. I'm the host. I'm the host. He's hosting. Okay. All right. I have a feeling uh, I'm going to lose this one. Steve, I don't know. Steve submits Mother Teresa <laughs> versus Anthony's Genghis Khan. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. I got India versus Asia yet again. All right. All right. All right I guess, Steve, I, guess go I go first, first since I'm the, uh, yes. the nice one. All right. All right. Mother Teresa. One would think she's a saint, as most people in Christianity and religion would, mm. or Catholicism. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because when the priest, Donald McGuire, was convicted of sexually molesting multiple children, Mother Teresa was criticized for defending him mm. and urging that he be reinstated to the ministry after he was initially removed. Uh. Wrote letters saying she didn't believe in God at times and offered substandard care. She supported pedophilia. What? Mm. <laughs> Clearly, she supported pedophilia. She supported the church. The church is a harbor for pedophilia. Pretended to be sainthood. To probably took a bunch of donations. Where did it go? We don't know. Never helped anyone. She died poor, but would be like a... a I'm going to pause you yeah. there. Yeah. Anthony, you're allowed to attack. She never helped anyone. Is that true? <laughs> uh, Mother Teresa <laughs> is currently a saint. <laughs> she has achieved sainthood. Um, <laughs> she is a good person, known only for charity and good works. Genghis Khan, on the other hand, killed so many people that the carbon footprint of the human race changed after his death. <laughs> he has raped his way across three continents. That's not a, a method left, of travel. And left his seed in so many people that more human beings are a direct descendant of Genghis Khan than any other human being in the history of the world. Brian has some I do. I do have a little Genghis in me. Brian has some Genghis. We are here with Genghis Khan's great, 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 great grandson. Hey, Brian's only alive because of that. How many people are alive say, because of Mother Teresa? Hold on. We got to think. So he did some bad stuff, but created a lot of people, oh, yeah. which is the opposite <laughs> of killing. It's like when you cut down a forest, but replant. Yeah. yeah. Why am I acting against myself? Uh, like, does anybody say Alexander the Great was horrible for uniting a nation? No. Genghis right. Khan united half the world. Mother Genghis Teresa just caused Khan. problems. All right, we're going to call it. Chuck, who won? Who is more evil, Mother Teresa or Genghis Khan? Well, I got to, if I'm thinking about the performance of the, of the, the, let's call them, what, what, what should we call these people? The competitors. Yeah, the yeah. competitors. <laughs> the advocates. Yeah. Right? Oh, God. The, ad the advocates. The accusers. The, acu the accusers, yeah. All, all of the above, really. Yeah. Um, again, a sentence came out of Steve uh, about how she never helped anybody. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it's not true. I don't know if that came from a factual source. Um, Genghis Khan created a lot of people. I gotta, I gotta go with Genghis Khan as the worst. Okay, the right. all right. That's the right answer. That's the right. All answer. right, we come down to our final round, which actually should be competitive. This yeah, is competitive. I was gonna yeah. say because. You know, it's only e evil people left. Ooh. So, all right. So let's pass it you to know, Chuck. We, pro we probably should have done evil, evil, then good, and try to like do good versus good. That would have made a I, lot I, of I was sense. hoping it would come out 
naturally, but I did like you having to, you know. <laughs> this is pretty good, though, yeah. because it's one-to-one, and now we got yeah, two evils. Yeah, exactly. Anthony, pass your uh, final I, I card. Have, Ant's going to shoot himself in the foot here. I'm giving right. you a guarantee. Who are we fighting? So Steve is the evil advocate of Stalin. Okay. There you go. All right. Anthony is the evil advocate of Pol Pot. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right off the bat, I like Pol Pot's name. <laughs> All right. I, I've always liked Pol Pot. I'm like, I wish that P-O-L was more first name for different people. <laughs> I'll name my kid Pol Pot. <laughs> Pol Pot stated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got to love alliteration. Uh, I yeah. went first last time. I guess it's only right for uh, Yeah, for Anthony. Anthony goes. Okay. Um, well, my guy, Pol Pot, uh, you think, you know, we tend to think that evil and genocide and uh, hate really has gone the way of the dodo and only exists in the far and dim and distant past. But this was 1976 to 79 mm. that the Khmer Rouge killed over two million people in the Southeast Asian, you know, world. Mm. Uh, babies torn limb from limb. Uh, <laughs> Not great. Killing Fields. He's well. He's most well known for something called the Killing Fields. <laughs> so that should say enough right there. Yeah. Steve's guy, on the other hand, you know, he's trying. Well, I will let I will let Steve go, and then you will get to attack. By okay. So I will I will give the the <laughs> breakdown of my guy Stalin. If you don't know him, because I would say more people know Stalin than Pol Pot. You could disagree if you want, but there's a good reason for that because it's he, only because he's Uncle oh, oh, Joe whoa, 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 and he's whoa, one of the whoa, allies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, well, he like, he like you speak. <laughs> that right there should be a point on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a young man, he was a robber and assassin. For almost 30 years, he reigned with terror and violence in the Soviet Union. Yeah, well, he's a he robber of the Tsar's hey, yeah, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, I, let's, let's, let's disqualify yeah. this man. He's not fit to have a competition. All right, go. Hold him back. Hold him anyway, back. <laughs> decisions led to famine that killed millions. More than 1.5 mm. million German women were raped after he invaded them. Invaded an innocent German town and raped and killed. All right, they weren't, is it? But he easily <laughs> killed 20 million of his own people. All right. Starvation and freezing and arrest. This is a man who ended the Second World he War. He was also he also <laughs> killed people himself. He he was an assassin. Pol Pot never killed someone himself. Oh yes, he did. I'm By sure. His own bare hands, probably. Probably is not a definite. This guy was an assassin. I've never heard. And of then an he killed twenty million anyone. people. He killed twenty times the amount of Pol Pot. Yeah, well, they were bad people that needed to go, and they were called Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The Nazis. He killed more. 20 million of his own people died. The exactly. Nazis, he killed even more. He That's probably right. killed like 60 million They deserved Nazis. it, right? So, <laughs> so Stalin killed 60 million Nazis. Nazis. That's yeah. pretty good. Right. Yeah. 20 million innocents. 20 million. And that's actually... actually Innocents or communist scum? He was the communist. No! <laughs> <laughs> actually, Brian, I think your numbers are off here. I just copied it. I didn't write this myself. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I think it's actually over 20 million. I, I copied it from a website. Look. Uncle okay. Joe, this is a guy the American public loves. <laughs> you know? All right, I'm gonna, I'll stop you there. Chuck, who is the final? Who wins the final round of the inaugural monster fight? Can I? Can I? Uh, can I ask questions? Yeah, yeah sure. Go ahead, yeah. All right, what did what did who did Pol Pot kill? His I own mean, people. But you you kind of skirted over these numbers here. You told me a baby. You told Two me million. a field. Two million of his own men, women, and what children. What country? Cambodia. Two million versus twenty million. I mean, right there, that's tough. However, Stalin with the Nazi kills kind of makes him a hero. Mm. It depends who you're asking. 
I'm asking me. He wasn't killing. <laughs> he wasn't killing the Nazis to save the world. He was killing the Nazis to take land. No, he was not. No, he was not. He was trying to save the, the Soviet bloc. He's a good man. It's the reason why the Ukrainian <laughs> war is happening. It's the reason why he annexed cr- Crimea. It's the reason why he is a. Like, why Russia is evil right now? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's Vlad. I knew he'd shoot himself in the foot for that. He hates communists. He hates Stalin. <laughs> it's Uncle Joe. Look, how many posters are there standing next to heroes like Churchill, Roosevelt, Stalin? When America- <laughs> Good point. <laughs> when America goes into places for war, you know what we don't do? We don't rape women and children like the communists. Tell Russia that does. to the Indians. <laughs> Oh. Still didn't. Not by mass. <laughs> Tell that to the Vietnamese at the May Lai Still massacre. didn't. <laughs> we didn't rape entire cities. All right, all right. I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling the fight off. It's going audible. All right. All right. Why Shuck. would you turn on the American? <laughs> I know you have a soft spot. <laughs> all right. I got to go. I mean, it seems like I have to go Stalin as the worst of the two. If, is, is that based on the strength of the argument or the man himself? I'd say... First, the man himself. Argument seems a little sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go Stalin. He seems worse. The winner. Okay, Steve has represented history's greatest monsters. Joseph Stalin, (laughs) Mother Teresa, Uh and Mao Zedong. And we know the worst is Mother Teresa, let's be honest. Who did more irreversible damage? (laughs) Yes, I know that bothered. As a Roman Catholic, I purposely didn't give you that one because I knew you could not do it. When talking about Stalin, Ant couldn't look me in the eyes. Because <laughs> he knows every. He's like, I agree with him. I agree with him. I agree with him. So there is one last thing I want to uh, do before we get out of here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't tell you guys, but the other day I have uh, a bird infestation in my dryer vent. Emus? Emus? Emus, yes. There's emus in my dryer vent. Okay. That's a problem. Yeah. So they are you bu- roping us in to clear out the birds right now? No. So, really so so there's a bird nest, and I have to go up there and I have to pull the nest out and like I'm trying to block them from going back in and I'm putting stuff in and it's a whole thing. But as I was clearing it out, a bird flew out at me from the dryer vent as I was on a step ladder, and I fell off I and you died. and I am a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I hit my head. And since then, something very strange has happened. You can see the future? No, I can see people's past lives. Really? Yes. And it's very weird. Everyone I see, there's someone famous. It's never like, oh, you were a dirt farmer. So I can tell who someone was in their past but life. But only if they were famous. No, it's just so weird. Everybody no has someone what, famous. Yeah. Famous just just okay. like, you know, whenever you go to a fortune teller, there's always like it's, it's like a, the soul forks off into multiple people when you're there. Exactly. Famous. I see. So I am a man who's known for his segues. Yeah. So is this the weirdest one ever? This is real. I don't even know where it's no, going. No, this is no bullshit, man. <laughs> I can now see who people were in a past life. You're not gonna want to know yours publicly, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. know where he's so, going with that. <laughs> so because we have a guest and I now have this ability, yeah. I thought with, with future guests we can have them try to guess who they are through a series of 10 questions. And we have two history as experts here that they can help. Wow. Two? Yeah, you and, you and Tony. So Chuck <laughs> is going to try to determine who he was in a past life. Wow. And and I will tell you, it's 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 really weird. It's never anyone obscure. Do you have to like touch him inappropriately? 
It's it's like um the dead zone, but I grab your ass. So Chuck may have not noticed why when he came in I was just caressing his ass, but it was actually so I could read him. I thought that was a quick hello. Yeah. <laughs> so you can ask questions. You can work together. You have ten chances to figure, to figure out, out who, who Chuck, Chuck was, was in a past, past life. life. Does Chuck know and who he was in a past no. life? No, and I will tell you this. The, Do the, you know? The weird thing yes, is, it knows. always kind of has a connection in a way to who they are now. Wow. All right, so All right. it's yeah. like 10 questions. All right. So is it yes or no to... questions that we can ask? You can ask almost anything, and I will do my best of my abilities okay. to answer. So man have, or woman? It is a man. So we have to go the film route. Okay. Because that's the that's like... That would make sense. Right. right. Well, well, think of Chuck. You know, he's a multifaceted person, right? <laughs> All right. Okay, so it has something to do with who he is now. Yeah. It's, and we know it's a man. Yeah. It's yeah. a man. That's at least 50% gone. Okay. <laughs> is it someone? Well, Chuck has to a- ask, and then oh. you guys will help oh, him. Oh, I see. So All I right. shouldn't be asking questions. He should. Yeah. So let's think of how uh, to narrow this down. Oh, okay. Um, is this, let's see. So... Whatever this is, I will tell you if uh, if a pun's included, <laughs> go with that. Think pun. <laughs> Brian loves puns. I, I love a pun too. I, I will tell you this: the person will always have died before you were born. Okay. So okay. Oh, okay. That, right. That's actually this person died before 1984. Then. Okay. So ask yourself. <laughs> Unless Brian's math sucks. <laughs> <laughs> ask yourself what is superficial enough that Brian would associate with you, and then ask about that. So oh, jeez. Give me a famous <laughs> director slash actor who passed away around a little bit before that time. That's that's like thousands and hundreds of thousands, realistically. Well, but we're, but, I mean, you have uh, men yeah. asking questions. Well, too. I mean, I think we should start more general. I think you should, too. And since we are all thinking film industry, I think we should start with that. Well, I was going to say, we could just say, like, is this person someone that was involved in the arts in general? Yeah, good question. Yes. Yeah, we're right. So that's two questions. What was the first question? Is it a man, is it or, a man woman? or woman? That was right. my question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, he didn't ask that. It was too good. I had to deduct it from Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Let's see. We only have 10. So we have eight left. Um, <clears throat> how about this? Was this person known as... Was this person known... Mostly for an individual work or for a career of, of works? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, Ooh. Good question. The career good is question. so expansive, but I would definitely say known more for individual work. That, that, that's, you, 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 you just, you just you said just contradicted yes to yourself. Both. Yeah. yeah. You said the work is expensive, but he's known for individual. He's, so. he's done a lot of shit. So okay. it's known okay, specifically so it's, for one thing. Everyone at this table knows exactly who he is. Aha! Well, he said it's somebody popular. So that's three. Let's see. Knowing, I think we need to narrow down the time frame. I think I have a good idea. A twenty-century person. I think you have to ask: Was the media in color or black and white? It's Al Jolson because he just loves blackface. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck can't get enough. Now now you're gonna get like when, (laughs) mommy, how I love you, how I love you. Like was the bulk of work (laughs) early? Was the bulk of work later? I think that kind of narrows down the time frame, right? Without going too specific. You could say, did this person become popular after 1950? That's a question we could ask. Okay, okay. Yeah. They were popular before 1950. There you go. Mm. All right. Oh, I think I know who it is. Really? Yeah, but I'm, I if can't you, say. If, if they get the history guys person, guess and they're wrong, they're out. Does this person oh. know anything about the finest French champagne? 
He has that. Chuck has. Yeah. I don't know what that reference Just is. Just say anything. <laughs> Just do anything. If one of the history guys guesses and they're wrong, they're eliminated and they cannot help anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's tough. All right. So it's before 1950. He was famous before 1950. Uh-huh. I'm thinking this person might have had more, like might have done other creative things than just film. That's my that's my guess. You're 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 giving Brian too much credit. Is that a question. Uh, how about this? <laughs> I, you can ask that. <laughs> uh, what do you think we should ask it? Because it's going to help a lot. Sure, sure, answer. yeah. Is this person famous for? Uh, should we just should we specify more than just film, or should we say in multiple different? Uh, well, we don't even know if it's film. You said we the don't arts. Know. It's the arts. So I guess. <clears throat> how many questions do we have left? Seven. Seven. Oh, we have, we have a, a bunch. Oh, we got a lot. Fucking use them. Oh, yeah, use them. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> is this person famous in more than one, I don't want to use the word genre. Field? Medium? Medium is Yes. Good. Okay. And it's before 1950, so it's probably, I got a, I got a question. Was this person uh, well known for their outfits? I know who you're thinking, and the answer is... No. Wow, okay. Not for the You outfits. thought Elvis, didn't you? Well, I'm just trying to think of someone okay. who was famous in multiple mediums before mm, 1950, yeah. which is a limited amount of people. Yeah. So that's five, right? Yeah, yeah, we have five, five left. left. Interesting, think, interesting. Think. Music and film, we, we got to imagine. Well, you have to remember, if they're famous before 1950 and right. they're doing music and film and right. possibly How directing. How do we know it's music and film? That's the guess. That's my guess. That's the guess, because. What, uh, what are the other two going to be? I mean, it could be radio. It could be. Mm. I mean, I look. Ever, Beaver knows. I, I'm thinking it's Orson Welles, but I'm not. Well, now you're out. I, well, I well, haven't, I haven't made didn't? the guess. Yeah, I'm just saying that's my thought. Oh, process. that's your th- so, so. I'm allowed to say my thought process. Yeah, I'm uh, thinking Chaplin. You're thinking Chaplin. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it's before 1950. Yeah. Multiple mediums. He did music. He now, did. I don't know Chuck as well as the two movies. of you, but I always assumed he's more of a behind the scenes type of guy. Is Who? that correct? Who? Him. I'd Him? say so. Behind the scenes, yeah. So I, I think it depends. Yeah, it depends. Because he's the lead singer of a band. Yeah. yeah. He has a podcast. Oh, yeah. It's a multifaceted, okay, little yeah. talented. We'll so a bit more now. Let's see. Let's see. Because your radio thing is so interesting. It's just hard to pinpoint people that were famous in radio. Well, remember, right. I said it's not obscure. Everyone here knows it. Right. That, that's why I, I said. So it's not going to be like Jimmy Karam. He was the host of like CBS in yeah, you know yeah, right. 1940. We're it's not, not getting, something like that. We're not getting an obscure painter from right. 1910. Yeah. Right. Did we say it was before the 50s? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was famous before the 50s. That doesn't mean he was like dead before the 50s. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Which could be the next question, right? Like. So you do music. Mm-hmm. Music and film. Music and film. Let's see. Is it Sinatra? Maybe. Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. Sinatra did do multiple mediums. Yeah. One best actor. You one of you guys can one of you guys can use a guess and possibly you want me to do it? Have to, I'll I, do it. No, I, I think you have to ask one more question before we guess. Okay. I think you have to ask you have to we have to pinpoint what this person was in their medium and what they were most famous for. So Something like, were hold they on, most famous on, for on. movies? Let's, were they most famous down for down that? Yeah. Let's narrow down a little further. Okay, Is this go an American? This has to be an American. It's, we don't know that. We don't know that. I mean, I can't think of sure. who would not be an American, though. That's the only famous, thing. Famous but before I'm 1950? Let's, let's, let's make sure of it. Let's make sure of it. Ask the question. 
I don't know if I want to waste a question on that. I just can't even think of someone that's not American. That's the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. It's like, yeah. who are we going to say? That's Before 1950, it's... Yeah, uh, communication. That would eliminate Chaplin. Mm. He's British. Mm. He is British. That's true. But he was famous in America. So what? <laughs> he's basically, for all intensive purposes, he's British, but realistically, his life was in America. Mm. For until the end of it, is that the only person we're eliminating by that? I don't question? know. I don't know. Hmm. I want to. I want to narrow the parameters. I want to. I want to get location. I want to get time period. Let's see. You let's know? see. Well, we know when they were famous. We don't know when they. We died. don't know when they were famous. We, we just know, know it was before the fifties. A long time before that. You know, <laughs> thousands of years. Namely. Well, they're, <laughs> but they're not going to be famous for uh, mediums that are relevant to you. Yeah. Hmm. Or, or relevant to like basically like people being able to and be let affected me, let by. Let me re, re, reiterate this. And this person, because it's the past life, they have some relevance to what he is now. Yes. Yeah. That's right. What so, saying. yeah. You know, there's no ancient yeah. podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's see. Let's see. Let's How about uh, Okay. Would the average person recognize them by sight? Oh, good question. That's Ooh. a good question. That's very good. Right. Oh, that this is hard. Yeah. If if it's hard for you, that's a no. Everybody knows this person, right? But I don't know if it's by sight. So I just to be caught to be honest, I'm unsure if the average person would. I think everyone at this table would. Question doesn't count. Then we can keep going. But no, to be sure, I will say no. The average person would not recognize them by sight. I think that'll. And if I'm and if I'm wrong, and this leads to you guys getting it wrong, I apologize, and that's on me. That eliminates Chaplin. That eliminates a lot of visual media. Yeah, that I eliminates think, most I think, visual. I think Chaplin is it's very recognizable. Now. Yeah, it's yeah. gone now. Yeah. So and that would remove guys like Sinatra. Or, it would remove Sinatra or Orson Welles. Orson so Welles, maybe not so much. Right. Orson Welles. He uh, starred in Citizen Kane. People know who Orson Welles is. He's in commercial. I, I'll tell you, this guy is in a giant movie that is a smash hit, played at least once a year. Now, that may be a big hint because that implies Holiday. it's a character. Holiday stuff. No. Well, yeah. Once a year is Christmas. Like it implies Christmas it's a Carol. character that maybe hmm. we don't see. Yeah. Like, I the one, first one that jumped in my head was The Wizard from The Wizard of Oz, but we do see. Well, no, but played once a year might just be a holiday song. All right. Mm, right. Right. I bet it's I bet it's movie. Uh Well, he just said played once a year. Played once a year. So it's Ten either a movie or a song. Who does uh, who does the snowman? Burl Ives. <laughs> In uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm imagining it's not that would be really, really... That's not popular enough, though. Like yeah. this, and the, Jimmy Durante does the uh, the narrator guy, right? Uh-huh. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> the uh, image... The fact that they're popular before 1950. Yeah. Right? And Chuck does like Christmas. That's true. It's I played, love Christmas. It's played once a year, but most people wouldn't recognize, recognize this person. That's confusing me. I have, I have an idea. Uh, well, they might not recognize the person by name. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think I, they would know the name before the face. I, I have an idea. Is it Mel Blanc? Voice of Bugs Bunny? Mm. Million Big career known for one thing more than everything else. I would say... I don't, I don't know. know, because he said everyone at this table would know them by sight, and Mel Blanc is a tough person it's to know by sight. It's also multiple mediums. Um, so let's see. He said multiple mediums. How many mean, questions do you guys have left? I think five. four. Four. Four, yeah. Four. Yeah, the sixth one was the one that was... Once uh, a year. 
So let's think about that's once weird. a year. That's weird. Let's I, think I, about I, once a year movies and songs. Okay. So it's obviously Christmas songs, right? Not necessarily because, like, look at Ten Commandments. That's every Easter, right? Sure, but uh, I mean, oh, no, no, I'm collecting everything. I'm okay. not saying, I'm not right, saying yeah, it has yeah, to yeah. be holiday thing. So, yeah. so definitely Christmas sure. is is in there. Yes. And then let's, if you think of summer big movies or movies that are just huge mm-hmm. that are before 1950, what do we have? Not a lot. Not a lot. That's what I'm saying. Wizard of Oz for sure. Mm-hmm. Is that before 1950? Yeah, yeah that's 39. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, 39. So Wizard of Oz for sure. That's like so much noir stuff. Gone with that's, the wind. Yeah, Gone I, with the wind. Singing in the rain, maybe. That's that's a big one. But I think we have to ask what the the most popular medium was. Yeah, ask him directly. What's the what's his what is he most well known for? Is the most popular? Why are we beating around the movies? bush with this? All right, <laughs> you know? is his most popular medium film? It's it's, it's so close and it, it's so intertwined. I'm going to say yes, but it is so narrow. It's like it's like. You can't tell the difference, practically. So, okay. It, this is okay. a performer. <clears throat> 1950s performer. Famous in movies, fam- famous in music. It's going to be music. It's going to be somebody big, yeah. Um, uh, the, wow. Okay, so it's so intertwined. Music and film before 1950. But it's not And it's Elvis? not Elvis. And it's not... Is Wait, it, it's, uh, I mean, maybe we're thinking about this wrong. What about like a musical score type of guy, like a John Williams? But I know obviously not him. Yeah. Remember, I said it's no one obscure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not gonna be like Pavel Jones, you know. So who's like up there with Elvis at that time? Yeah. Are we getting close? You guys are. I feel like you're on the cusp of getting it. Well, so one person I'm thinking about, but I'm thinking that maybe I'm wrong about the time period is probably Johnny Cash. That's right? a guy definitely started in the 40s, 50s, right? But he wasn't popular for film. Yeah, and he was also, I mean, he made, yeah. It wasn't neck and neck. He was all I, I mean, he was, he was still alive in like 2007 or something, so he couldn't have been that much in before the 50s. Yeah, he, he died before 84. No, yeah, that's right. He died before 84. Okay, he died before 84, so it's obviously right. not Johnny yeah, Cash. Not Johnny Cash. Um, all right, so we got Cash, we got Elvis, we got Chaplin, they're out. Um, Let's think about this. Who could we possibly be missing? This is so interesting. It's funny because it's one of those things that's almost like a riddle where you feel like you're like, there's something so obvious that we're not getting. It's it's so obvious. I'm like, I'm shocked no one is like, oh, Bella Lugosi. In passing. No, <laughs> <laughs> we got this. We got this. Yeah, Bella Lugosi, the singer of Monster Mash, obviously. <laughs> that's great. I love that. All right. I bet it does have to do with Christmas. I bet it Christmas is a part of it. Ask what do we got? How many we got left? Is he famous we for something like related to Christmas? Yes. Three <laughs> questions. Now we have two questions. I okay. literally mentioned Christmas specifically before. <laughs> All right. I know you did. I know. Well, so, we, I kind of figured that, but... It, so, It's a Wonderful Life. Who is the star? Um, yeah, Jimmy, we, Stewart. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. It's probably would, not Jimmy Stewart. Would most people Ryan recognize Stewart. that? It's somebody, apparently, it's somebody so popular that like right. you recognize the name, but you don't recognize the face. That, to me, is confusing. No, that could be. The fact that we don't know the face implies, I think, a song or known for yeah, a song. Yeah, well, Christmas, right? you got to think Christmas, so yeah. Bing so, Crosby? Yeah. Bing Crosby. Yeah. That's a... But he's also known for, for film? Yeah, and everyone knows his face. Like film and... And Bob Hope. Music, but more so music, but it's close. I, I, I think... Is Bing Crosby famous for film? Yeah. 
What is he? I, in? I could not point uh, out that the, person's the, the face. The one where he goes with, he, with the two sisters to the cabin for Christmas. White Christmas. Christmas. White Christmas. White Christmas. I couldn't point out their face or name. Uh, but then again, I'm not a pop. I can person. because he's on the cover of one of his Christmas albums, I think, with a Santa hat. Well, we have two more questions left, right? I yeah. Think. Yeah. And you each get a guess. Bing Crosby is going to be as at the top of mine. I think Burl Ives is too weird. Um, Burl Ives, he was on the Monty Python shit. Mm. Was he? I don't know. I'm thinking of uh, Milton Burl. I think I'm thinking of Burl Ives. I don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Bing Crosby is at the top of my list right now. Christmas is so interesting before 1950. Mm. That's interesting. Well, he was famous. What are the big ones? Um, he was famous Marshall around that time, but he died. Uh, 34th, Miracle on 34th Street, mm-hmm. Wonderful Life. Somebody listening is pulling their hair out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Wooden Soldiers gets played every year on TV. Yeah. Who's in that? The fucking, the two guys. I can't think of that Laurel name. and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Not music, really. Mm. What are the most famous Christmas songs that are, like, sung by movie stars? I don't get it. Before 1984, you got you guys got to take some guesses. <laughs> yeah, this is getting ridiculous. All right, I don't know. I'm gonna guess. Anyone. I'm gonna guess. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm gonna say, is it Jimmy Stewart? No. Okay. Anthony cannot help anymore. Okay. If you have any idea, I could guess for you. I think What's that Bing heart? Crosby is the only person I can think of right now that's kind of in both worlds. I'll guess that for you to give you a. Yeah, do it. All right, Ben Crosby. It is Bing Crosby. Ah! That is correct. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um, and here is why. Everyone knows his face. I, I would. That was the only thing that made me question. Do you know his face, like directly? I, th- I think that there is a Christmas album that's very. The cover is very, very simple, and it's him, and he's wearing a Santa hat that's kind of long, and it's a very famous Christmas cover album, and that's what I know. His so face the from. so the question was with the average person. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking if I went to like someone. Yeah. And I was I'm like, who teenager, is this? But fucking. Yeah. You know that's that's why it's not like I feel like everyone would know Elvis. So yes. that's why I was like kind of on the edge. For sure. But do you can you understand why I picked that? Yeah, for sure. He's a singer, singer, musician. He yeah. got into films and movies. Yep. And he loves you know, Christmas. He beat his kids, uh, which is something you're going to do one day. <laughs> Denise was famous for that. Denise Crosby. Yeah, that's his granddaughter. <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> that was good. That yeah. was really good. So, it was and it was, was tough. tough. It was, was yeah. tough. It was tough. But like I said, it wasn't someone obscure. No, right? no, definitely not. No, that was great. That was really good. So that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having you me. You have anything you want to plug before uh, uh, we let you go? For late August? Uh, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> Arbor Day's around the corner. I don't know. Labor Day? <laughs> Nothing really. I mean, I have my podcast, the Chuck and Brad Podcast. You can find us uh, at chuckandbradpodcast.com or... The Chuck and Brad podcast on every podcast platform. That's a good way to do it. All right. Uh, we got to do uh, picks. Thank you for joining yeah. us, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to plug your uh, Patreons that you do? Yeah, you know, I work on the Tell Em Steve Dave Patreon. It's quite good, I hear, especially that Bond show. <laughs> <laughs> and the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash TESD and patreon.com slash Tuesdays. Um, and, yeah, you know, I work on uh, Mike Birbiglia's podcast, Working It Out. And, uh, those, yeah, that's, that makes sense, I think. All right. Those awesome. four things. Thank you. We got to pick our next movies. I almost mm-hmm. forgot. So, Anthony, what is uh, your pick? Um, I, I'm going to finally break the World War II seal on this show. Oh, we've been avoiding I it. I think all three of us have been avoiding, like, the plague, right? Yeah. 
And the reason for it's that is just because there's so many. It's like we'll just get lost in it right. and just do it endlessly. Well, we're gonna make a do show it. just on that. Uh, there is a new film out on Netflix called Mincemeat, which of course is about Operation Mincemeat. So we'll be doing that show. I'm very excited. And uh, Steve, I'm going to do a request. Yes, it was a request. Mm-hmm. The Untouchables. The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. And Anta requested that it was done, so we will do the Untouchables. And I have a request of my own, and it's also our next guest, who I'm very excited about. Our next guest requested that we do the movie Invincible, starring Mark Wahlberg. And the guest is none other than the great Walt Flanagan. Got yourself nice. the big fish there. Bro. Yeah, I'm very, very happy to pod with Walt. Nice. Yeah. Are you happy to spend an hour talking about a team that is located in a wonderful city that I personally am a huge fan of? <laughs> well, it's your favorite. We know that. He yelled at me once off mic because I made fun of Philly on the show. He was like, you can't make fun of Philly. We're trying to get listeners there. <laughs> and he yelled at me. He was really angry. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> he like threw the headset. He was all angry. I threw the headset. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, you want to say bye? Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Tell him, Steve Day, for letting us use your studio. Oh, yeah. I, I like to do the thank you. You didn't do it. So I'm yeah, doing it for you're, you're you. Well, I'm letting you guys yeah, go, and then I slow. do it. You're too slow. Thank you for stopping by and listening. I uh, want to give a big thank you to tell Steve, Dave, Waltz, get him, and the guys let us record in their studio. I'm like a robot. I can't go off script. It fucks with me. Uh, big thank you to, for letting us. Yeah. Big thanks. Let us record in the studio. Uh, you can follow the podcast on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reviewing History, RViewPod on Twitter. You can email us, ReviewingHistoryPod at gmail.com. You could follow me personally on Twitter at Brian Rupert or Instagram at Brian Rupert. Also, check out our letterbox. I rank every single movie we watch on the show along with the other guys. They do it as well. You can find that in the show notes. And I also personally review every single movie I watch in my life because I have nothing better to do. So check that out. Uh, follow us and thank you for joining us. Bye. Thanks again, Chuck. Oh, thank you.